0: Welcome to Grape Minds, a wine-centric podcast for two wine-loving friends. Take a look beyond what's in the glass. We also explore the stories, the culture, and the history behind the wine. And as you might expect, we occasionally drink a little wine while we're doing it. I'm Julie Glenn.
1: And I'm Gina Birch, and today we're continuing a new Grape Minds series Our response to being unable to travel, and it's called Wine Wanderings. It's a journey via wine. We still can't travel the way many of us would like to, and uh, to do so, uh, especially to a trip to a far, far away wine country like, say, mm, Australia, Mm -hmm. is out of the question right now.
0: So we started last week with possibly the furthest point from us being New Zealand, where we drink Sauvignon Blanc virtually with Brent Maris from Marisco Vineyards.
1: And today we are island hopping, so to speak. We're going right next door to Australia. And we're actually sharing a bottle with a woman who is the Florida importer and distributor of Brent's wine. Um, she is not a Kiwi. Just letting you know, she's an Aussie. Jane Utley. Hi,
2: Jane. Hi, Gina. Good to Hi, see Julie. you.
1: It's so good to have you here.
2: Oh, it's <laughs> a pleasure to be here.
0: Jane is the founder of Unfiltered Unfined Wines, a Florida-based import and distribution company, and she has quite a history when it comes to importing, distributing, and selling wine, particularly those from Australia. I bet that was quite the roller coaster ride.
2: <laughs> it was an amazing and and still is an amazing um, ride. Heartbreaking
1: uh, at some point, I'm sure too. Mm,
2: I didn't actually realize there was a recession until um, there was a recession <laughs> until it was at your doorstep. <laughs> Something like that.
1: Yeah. yeah, so, you know, let, let's talk about that before we get any further since we brought it up. You know, there was a time when Aussie wine was like the bell of the ball, and it was everybody wanted it, couldn't get enough of it, and and it fell hard and fast. What happened with that? How did that come about? You were in the right in the middle of it.
2: I was right in the middle of it. I started importing Australian wine uh, in, in the mid-90s, and it was... You know, everybody wanted uh, Australian wines. They wanted Shiraz. It was the flavor of the month, literally for 10 years. Hmm. And uh, after, you know, so mid-90s, you couldn't, you couldn't keep it in stock. It was just incredible, insane. Everybody wanted Aussie wines. They wanted Shiraz. They could say Shiraz. They loved it. And then in like kind of late 2007, something was happening. And, um, you know, there was a recession coming. There was uh, the Aussie dollar, you know, did a did a, whatever it did. And we all ended up in a situation where all of a sudden there was so much Australian wine and other things became the flavor of the month after a decade. So that's kind of where we ended up. And everybody in Australia was going like, well, what's happened?
0: Like we were so popular. So we upped production and now we have all this wine. And now we need to sell a ton of it in order to make what we used to make because of the economy.
2: That's exactly what happened. We had wines that were scoring a hundred points from you know the big reviewers, and they were um, you know a hundred points and a hundred bucks plus. And then we uh, had a whole bunch of wines coming in with um, we called them the critter wines.
1: That's what I was going to say. You you had you went, you were had a really big scale there. You had those hundred points like the the Grange. And then the critter wines. The critters. They yeah. were named after all the kinds of animals. The yeah. yellow, yellow, the yellow tail. tail. I mean, let's not, that's a uh, big one. Let's
0: name names here. Let's come on yeah. out with it. <laughs>
2: well, there was just lots of names. You know, something was called kangaroo something, and something was called wombat something, and something was called, you know, koala something. And it's like, yeah, all those nice animals that we know from Australia. That, you know, you can't find anywhere else in the world. So they just started naming these wines, you know, these names. And that's why they became known as the Critter Wines. And they're all retailing for under like six bucks a bottle.
1: I never saw the Wolf Spider Wine. Wolf spider. Ooh, yeah. I think I got bit by one of those over the weekend. My arm's no. still swollen. That'd be it.
2: the funnel web spider one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, on the, on the other, the flip side, the other part of that equation with those critter wines and you know the rise and fall and the big disparity between the hundred, two hundred dollar bottles of Shiraz and the ones that were six is a lot of those six dollars were just crap. You know, they weren't really good, and so then then people started thinking, oh well, is that what it's supposed to be, or I don't like that, or it's cheap, and I think it kind of diluted. A little bit, some of the really good, and that happens all over, right? It happened with Malbec in in, Aust- in Argentina. It just happens when you have that demand. It happened with Merlot, Merlot. in California. Yeah. Everybody loved yeah. it,
0: loved it, loved it. It just oversaturated, and then production went up, and then quality went down as a result of the giant amount of production. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, you always have those ones that hold strong. They stay small, and they continue to stick with quality instead of quantity.
2: Um, I completely agree with that. There are certain Australian brands that no matter what has happened, they're still there. They're iconic. Um, they're not going anywhere. Like and what we have in our glass. Exactly. Derenberg. Yep. Yeah. And this is one that you bring in? This is. This is um, one of my favorite um, wines. Uh, this is called Stump Jump, um, and it's a red blend. I think uh, we've got the Shiraz Shiraz in our glass first. Oh, we're going to talk about the Shiraz. So that's 100% Shiraz. Yeah, it's great. Um, But a little bit about Stump Jump and what Stump Jump means. Because a lot of people just go like, well, what does Stump Jump mean? Mm -hmm. Well, in Australia, there's a lot of, um, I'm going to call it bush, but you know, you call it a forest. But it's lots of bush. And they gave people land and it was all just like covered in forest or bush. And so they had to, they wanted to break down that land to be able to plant crops. They needed to be able to pull down all those trees. Mm -hmm. And so they would um, have to somehow work out how to um, make Uh, the stumps, of they cut down the trees, but they had to make the stumps go away. So some, and and I don't know who that is, and I need to look that up, and I probably could look it up in about two seconds, but um, a a piece of equipment was developed called a a stump jumper, and so they were able to just jump over those stumps to keep plowing (laughs) that land to make sure that they would be able to grow crops on it. Mm -hmm. And that's how the the name Stump Jump came about. That's interesting. Um,
1: I love that story because... People have asked me, I've seen it before, the bottle looks like an eye chart, so it's something that really stands <laughs> out when you when you see it on the shelf. And you've it got, really uh, yeah, Stump Jump has the Shiraz, the GSM blend, and a white blend as well. But Shiraz is kind of, when I think of Australia, that's the grape I think of. I mean, that's the one that, uh, it's, it's the moneymaker, it's, it's planted in almost every region, and I think it goes back to like the 1800s, doesn't it, when it was planted?
2: Actually, I think that, um, you know, it, Shiraz wasn't obviously native to Australia. Anything mm-hmm. that, um, any, any grape varietals were brought to Australia from other countries. Mm-hmm. But Shiraz really stuck. No matter where you planted it in Australia, it grew voraciously and um, was very successful in so many different wine regions. I don't think there's a wine region in Australia that it hasn't really worked, even in some of the cool climate regions. Uh, Tasmania and Victoria I think they can grow a little bit of Shiraz in fact I think the Victorians would probably be wanting to like um, feed me a lot of Vegemite right now um, <laughs> if I say they can't grow Shiraz in Victoria.
0: Maybe they do some super spicy ones I would imagine.
2: Yeah because of the cool more cool yeah. climate they're going to get some more of those spices yeah. um, so depending on where you grow it you know that the, you know the, the the heat index um, you know you're going to get you know, the Barossa Valley is going to have a lot more, um, it's it's going to be a little bit more alcohol, huge fruit, um, whereas when you're growing it in a much cooler climate, you're going to get some more of those kind of white pepper and spicy, mm-hmm. spicy notes, more, th- th- those types of notes. Than I was
0: really interested to learn, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, um, I but I, uh, <laughs> I was really interested to learn when doing research uh, before we came in is that in Barossa, they have the what is believed to be the oldest Shiraz vines, because they're, like, from the 18-somethings. 1843, I believe. Perhaps. Maybe. 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 <laughs> I couldn't believe I had that. Vegemite I really for surprised. breakfast. I thought it would have been, like, um, over in France for some reason.
2: Well, but, uh, yeah. but they came originally from Persia, right? Well, the, yes. Um, but one of the things about the Barossa Valley is you just have, you know— Um, a lot of people from Germany which is kind of kind of interesting when you're thinking about the wine industry Mm -hmm. and you know you know when you think about Germany and and the grapes they grew there they're much more cool climate than the Barossa Valley Um, however people you know come to different countries and they know what grows well they were grape they grow grapes in Germany they come to Australia and they're going to grow grapes right and so they're going to grow what's going to work In that country They're not going to try And necessarily grow The grapes that worked Where they were In the climate That they were in That makes
0: sense I can't imagine A Blau (laughs) frankish Happening in Barossa It's
2: going to be Pretty sweet
1: (laughs) Well you know You look at Australia And it's a big ass country Kind of like United States right I mean it's
0: huge I said earlier
1: Island hopping As if it's just an island I mean it's a giant Continent It's huge huge. So what are we talking about When it comes to regions We mentioned Barossa You mentioned Victoria Uh, If we were going to visit or drink wine across the country, where would we land? What would we look for?
2: Uh, if you want to do it in 14 days, I have a really great plan. <laughs> okay, fly. let's do it. Okay, it's going to be like, and I probably can do it in about, you know, one and a half minutes. You fly into Sydney, you go to the Hunter Valley, which is about two hours north You come back to Sydney, you fly to Melbourne, you go to the Yarra Valley and spend some time there. Mm. You come back to Melbourne, you fly to South Australia, you go to the Barossa, you go to Clare Valley, you go to McLaren Vale, you go to um, a few other places in... There's some other great places in South Australia. Um, You then get back on a plane in South Australia and you fly to Perth and then you go four hours south and you spend some time in the wine regions there. Wow. Um, I mean, and you can do it if you wanted to do it in 14 days, but you're going to have to like get your head around the planes and make sure that you've <laughs> got that all worked out.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. At, at least listen. you're not struggling with language so much, although there are some slang <laughs> terms that we just
1: don't get.
2: But sometimes
1: the, the accent is so thick that I really have to concentrate. Like, I know you just spoke English, but I <laughs> No idea what you just said and maybe it is because part of the slang and, and part of the the thick accent I can say that in parts of the US sometimes if I'm in the deep south or Boston yeah or I Boston did. I'm like uh, can yeah. you repeat that please <laughs> yeah so well,
2: I'll just one thing I just do want to clarify when you do go to Perth and you have to drive those four hours you definitely have to go to Margaret River oh and yes, that's where Lewin estate and um, Colin are. And that's another, two of the iconic wines from Australia that have seen, you know, have time and tested and haven't just disappeared into the yeah. whole critter wine situation. Lewin
1: Estate, I mean, they are always in the top uh, 100 and, and 90 plus points. And, you know, I don't really think of uh, Chardonnay a lot from from uh, Australia, but Lewin
2: Chardonnay, oh
1: my gosh.
0: Yeah, so they are, are the, so some good. of the best
2: Chardonnays I've had have been from there. Yeah. Out know,
0: personally, this, mm-hmm. but that's also my taste, right? It's not the same as everybody else's.
2: Well, I mean, you know, Margaret River Shiraz, I mean, Margaret River Cabernet, Margaret River Chardonnay. But Margaret River makes some amazing Shiraz. So also, I think, and, and
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but the Margaret River Sauvignon Blancs almost always have a little Simeon in there. Is that kind of a signature of that area, the Sauvignon Blancs from the Margaret River area? Correct. Okay. Yes,
2: they definitely do have some Semillon in there, and I mean Semillon grows in a lot of places in Australia. It it, it, they, it is a signature for them with a Semillon Sauvignon Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc Semillon um, blend for their whites, no oak on that, and then. Uh, Hunter Valley in New South Wales, s- similarly, um, they just grow one hundred percent semillon.
1: What does the addition of the semillon do to the Sablanc?
2: I think it rounds it out. Yeah. Uh, what about some
1: semillon, semillon added to uh,
0: shiraz? You see that sometimes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, more viognier added mm-hmm. to shiraz, mm-hmm. just to give it that little bit of um, uh, fruit forwardness in its youth. Um, to soften the Shiraz um, when it's it's young, it also um,
1: affects the color a little bit too. I know that's something that's wine midget. producers do. They want they want it to smell good, taste good, and look good too. You want. Viognier the- makes everything smell good. Yeah. Oh <laughs> We're gonna try some of that here in a little bit. But I love this stump jump, man. This went down easy. My glass is yeah, really almost did. already empty. I get a little herbal notes from that. I don't know any. Like, do we need a dump bucket? And yeah. I'm like, nope, <laughs> 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 nope, don't. Mm-hmm. Um another thing a little
0: anomaly that I think is funny is uh the sparkling shiraz that happened for about 10 minutes there.
1: Remember that? I don't. To be, I'm
0: honest. Sparkling Shiraz?
2: Well, know that? I know all about sparkling Shiraz. <laughs> <for us. laughs> of course. <laughs> well, you should It's part of the <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, we we've, we've um you know, it's actually a fun wine. However, I think
0: it's great for charcuterie, right? Mm-hmm. You
2: know, do It's, you're it's doing good like, for a lot of things. And, it'd be, great with mm-hmm. and actually, oh. it'd be great with chocolate. Actually, it would be great with chocolate. Um, but one of the things is that uh, you know they're taking the shiraz. They're, uh, some of the, you know some of the winemakers are doing method champagnes. Um, well. So it's just not a carbonation situation. They're really going through the whole traditional method of uh, like they were making champagne, but they can't call it champagne. There is a lot of um, residual sugar on there, so it's an amazing wine to go with chocolate. Mm. But these wines, to be honest with you, are not cheap. You know, nobody's making a cheap sparkling Shiraz because, you know, these are some of the smaller wineries who are making it and they want to have something that is in their kind of repertoire and portfolio that's actually going to be able to follow on at the end of a meal. That's got, you know, all that lovely, you know, it's got the bubbles, Mm -hmm. it's kind of pink and it's red and it's got, you know, it goes great with chocolate and dessert. Uh, they're not charging. Um, they, they, they're. It's not cheap. Well, stands <laughs> to reason. Way. It's
0: not like you're making pallets worth of it, you know, because you're not going to no. have huge commercial success with something like that. It's kind of more of a niche thing. So you're only going to make a little bit. So if you're making a small amount, you don't have that volume. You're going to have to make it up in your margin.
2: And they're fantastic. I mean, they're really are fantastic. I would love to try that and and you know think about it with cream brulee mm, yeah. doesn't just have to be chocolate cream brulee yeah caramel would work with that oh yeah it like
0: doesn't. berry you think about berries yeah. and caramel
2: i know i'm getting hungry i know and then you get the well fat let's with let's move on to the food then oh
0: yeah let's discuss food so before
1: we get rid of our shiraz yeah you brought us something that's chocolate i got to oh, taste mm-hmm. it i just stuck my knife in the jar i'm sorry i'm
0: a little late cuz i already mm. killed my shiraz yeah. oh. Okay, pronunciation, Shiraz, Shiraz, do you care?
2: Um, um Like, I say tomato, so I say Shiraz, but I can say tomato, too, and so I can say Shiraz. Um, it, it's, you know, depending on where you are from in Australia and who you're talking to in Australia, like, you know, I talk to Aussies, like, you know, every you know, weak, and if I'm talking to somebody in Victoria, I'm probably going to say Shiraz. If oh, I'm talking Shiraz. To some, yes. Shiraz, Shiraz. If I'm talking to somebody in, you know, Sydney, I'm probably going to say Shiraz. If I'm talking to somebody in Queensland, I'm probably going to say Shiraz. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so would Victoria be a little bit more British-ish and then uh, yes, Sydney being that. a little bit more aussie Aussie.
2: Yeah, Um, the, the, to to make a kind of uh, comparison of, of cities... I would say that Melbourne's more like San Francisco, and Sydney's more like L.A. Okay. Oh, okay. Just to give you a kind of feel for the personalities of the, of the of the cities. Mm-hmm. Big country
1: cuisine is a big deal. I'm um, um, talking about this chocolate because I haven't seen this before. <laughs> you know, when we think about when Chimbron I think about snacks. Italy and those types of you know Europe, Europe, I think about Nutella. Mm-hmm. Than Nutella spread, the U.S. definitely peanut butter. Uh, what is this crunchy spread? Crunchy is a bar, and I've never mm-hmm. seen this before. It's a, um, it's it's English, isn't it? A, a crunchy bar is more English, or is it? Or
2: is, is it Aussie? Uh, as far it's as from I, Cadbury. As far as I'm, I know. I know, I, know I know. what you're As gonna far say. as I'm concerned, it's Australian. Australian. I've been eating uh, crunchy bars since I was a kid, and um, I found this thing online because I was looking for crunchy bars, you know, I live here in, in the US, and I was looking for crunchy bars, and it's so hard to get it. And I saw this thing online, it's like crunchy bar spread. Anyway, I bought like six jars of this stuff for Christmas and gave it out to my Aussie friends as gifts. And um, I did keep one jar, which we're actually t- taste testing now. I just stuck a now. knife in there. And, oh and it, you know, for those of you know what a crunchy bar tastes like, this stuff's Pretty cool when it comes to kind of tasting like a crunchy bar, putting it on, you know, bread or toast or whatever you want to do. It's oh manufactured in Belgium, it says. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, chocolatey. It's manufactured thing. in Belgium. I, I but trust them. <laughs>
1: yeah, I trust them too. <laughs> to
2: it's actually chocolate. pretty yummy and it does have those like nice pieces of those who so you lo- know what crunchy bars are. has those really nice pieces of the crunch and I can hear Julie crunching on it yeah. right now.
1: Right? I had I crunched some earlier. Is that Mike picking it up? I, I didn't really hear it as much, but I oh, have my my good. headphones Man, down. I I would know, right? Eat
2: the heck out of that! Well,
1: Tim Tam is another dessert, right? Another of those cookies. Did, are we
2: call it a biscuit. A oh, biscuit. But I know. Um, I know it's called a cracker, but it's really not a cracker because a cracker is something that's salty. Salty. To me. So this is like a biscuit in it, but it's not like you put gravy on it. It's got chocolate on it, and it's got like oh my god, stuff, it's so good. And um, you just like eat it, and it's just, it's a Tim Tam. It's just yummy. And, but it's something that you'd have with a cup of tea right. or a cup of coffee. Yeah, so got you some got some this chocolate. crunchy spread online, huh? I got this online, yeah. Hey, I'll go in I'll go in on some with you, and we'll <laughs> share shipping, Julie. Sure. I, <laughs> got,
1: I got to. I've got some uh, br- uh, British friends who love crunchy stuff, so I'll, that'll be a gift for them. We'll oh, that'll be a great surprise. I'll, I'll tell them not to listen to this podcast right away.
0: <laughs> also,
1: um, something when I think of food, and then we're going to get to, like, other other like stuff you grill and kangaroo and all that but um veg (laughs) sorry (laughs) Vegemite as long as we're not eating koalas I'm okay (laughs) no we're not eating koalas I refuse I draw the line but when I when I Vegemite Let's just I, Let's just it, go there. It's a dark brown. It's like, isn't it made from yeast? Like, wasn't it leftover brewer's yeast? Is that where it came from? And yeah, that's
2: exactly gosh, what it is. Dang, and, that's, and you know what? Whoo. It was Australia's version of Marmite, but Marmite is just like not anywhere near as good oh. as Vegemite. Oh, oh so, she's throwing down the uh, gauntlet. Yeah, I am throwing down, you know down the gauntlet. It's a completely different animal, and it's so much better because it doesn't have any animal in it. She's it's like just hash, you know it's hashtag like really like vegan teen vegemite. Yeah, it's like vegan everybody. Yeah, you it know, is. Like it's, it's from yeast, brewer's, yeah. brewer's yeast. And it you know the reason we eat it is because Australia in the main you know the people who are working out in the in, on their farms and you know the farmers it's pretty hot during the day, and they're sweating and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not going to go and buy a whole bunch of vitamin B from the chemist. We call them a chemist, the mm-hmm. pharmacy, yeah, a And nobody the wants to drink Gatorade either. So no. we eat Vegemite in the morning, so we get our vitamin B and our salt Oh, that
1: makes so much sense so because we just sweat it all day. It's salty as hell. I have yeah. some in my mouth right now, and I am just salivating. It is, it is a strong flavor. Yeah. How do you really, how are you really able to enjoy this? Because I think Americans, we like to slather... We like three times as much of everything, sauce, butter. But this,
2: you just are supposed to just do a little schmear on it, right? I just do a schmear on it. Uh, but, you know, for Aussies, I don't. You know, we, we put a big slather on there because we're just used to the taste. So it's more about if you're used to the taste, you can kind of cope with it. And and actually, I like to, up, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I just up it, you know, with my friends who would have used to it. You know, every time they come over, I'll just add a little bit more so they kind of get to the point where they're used to having, you know, a decent dose of Vegemite. Now,
1: what wine would you pair with with a Vegemite?
2: I just thought... What of, did you
1: bring in for us?
2: I The Darenberg Hermit Crab. It's a white wine. It's Viognier and Marsan, predominantly Viognier. So you're just getting that really nice... You know, um, fruity characteristic mm-hmm. from the Viognier. Holy, and hell, that's and, salty? And the and the Marsan. Oh, you went back in, huh? I went back in for more. I got a big <laughs> bite. <And> the Marsan <laughs> is just like just pure, just beautiful fruit. And so, it it for me, you know, we have breakfast. You know, we put Vegemite on toast. Is basically what we do with butter too, right? With lots and lots of butter. You have and, to
1: have the butter to kind of it, absorb it. Yeah, the,
2: the butters are very important. You component gotta have of some it. fat in there. You got to With have that. the fat. Well, the bread's the fat, but then the, the 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 butter does it. But then, you know what? We like to eat fruit at breakfast. Oh. Uh, but this way, you can just drink your fruit. <laughs> so so you you just fermented fruits just the so. same. Exactly, exactly. So the Viognier and the marsan in that uh, the the Derenberg hermit crab, they just add that really nice peach. The, all those really nice, you know, um, peach and nectarines and mango kind of. Flavors, so you're just getting you like little fruit balm at the same time that you're getting your Vegemite. Mm-hmm.
1: I think this wine has a nice uh, a textural feel to it as well with that That's something that the the Marsan has a little weight. The V and A is always so, you know, floral and in even a little bit oily at times. I, I find and but this one is, it's got a great mouth feel and mm-hmm. it really does go well. with Vegemite, I have to no, say. No, it just
2: cuts straight through yeah. it. Oh,
1: yeah it's, it does. it's beautiful. Which, and it takes some muscles to cut
0: through
2: some Vegemite. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because.
2: Now I keep eating it. Vegemite's
1: super fort. Well, are you eating stop. the
2: Vegemite or are you doing the crunchy?
1: Oh, I'm on the Vegemite now. <laughs> I'm going to follow up with crunchy to get the sweet, to get rid of the <laughs> next that crunchy spread, I am getting that. Yeah. But if you uh, would like to
0: check our YouTube channel or um, check the Unfiltered Unfind website for a video of all <laughs> of us. Actually, trying the Vegemite for the first time right before we did this podcast, and uh, our reactions are worth a Fumars. few
1: dollars. Yeah, thank you for making a sandwiches, Mom. Yeah, she made Sammy. You're for welcome. Us. <laughs> the Vegemite, Sammy. You know, we, we were talking earlier too about you know a nice crisp uh, fruity wine, something that cuts through salt. And for me, I always think of bubbles that cut through salt. But not champagne with this because it's so yeasty, the Vegemite. And if you have a yeasty champagne, I think it would just it would just fight against each other.
0: Yeah, you were t- We were talking about this as an, an ingredient in cooking.
1: Oh, yeah. What would you
0: do with it that for cooking? It's very much oh, like a bouillon goodness. almost because of the salt yeah. situation. But I was like, this could really help. I mean, by the smell of it, if you can't get your roux brown enough when you're mm. making gumbo, this might be something to push you over the edge. But you were mentioning Worcestershire. <laughs>
2: Actually, you know, anything that you, you know, everybody says um use Worcestershire in like, you know, when you make a chicken pot pie. Um, that it's like the secret you ingredient. To have crabs complete soda. secret ingredient in chicken pot pie, just like a couple of splashes. Worcestershire sauce is used in so many things, just a couple of splashes, you know. Chefs will just tell you it's just that little secret ingredient. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have any Worcestershire you should have a little vegemite in your cupboard because you don't need to have it refrigerated you can just take a half a teaspoon and put it in and it will do exactly the same job as Worcestershire I
0: think start with like a pinky fingernail size (laughs) amount and then work your way up because
2: you can't take it out you know all right well what about Bloody Mary's just think about that you're eating a Bloody Mary on a Sunday morning and you just don't have any Worcestershire you you better hope that you have some Vegemite a
1: Vegemite Bloody Mary oh I I got excited about that that'd be good
2: (laughs) i would be, be awesome. What
1: other foods are we going to eat when we go to Australia? Are, are we really eating kangaroo? Let's talk about it.
2: Well, if you're, you're going to eat kangaroo, <laughs> it needs to be...
1: Slathered in Vegemite?
2: No, no absolutely it, 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 not. Stewed Actually, in I a Vegemite think broth. about doing something um, in the sous vide with some Vegemite. That oh. could be interesting. However, eating kangaroo is, you know, not a national pastime in Australia. Okay, thank God. I think right. avoiding them on the highway is right. Well, <laughs> absolutely, Julie. You have to avoid them, particularly at dawn and dusk. So, yeah. not a good time to travel.
1: Like alligators in Florida or deer in Virginia. Deer in the Midwest. Yeah. yeah, you
2: got it. You got it. So there are um, there's just so many things that we eat in Australia, and, and, and you know we have plenty of kangaroos, and and we do eat kangaroo. However, it's not a national, um, you know, dish or a pastime. Okay. Probably about but as much as
1: Americans eat deer. You know, not a lot of, yeah. of Americans really eat deer a lot,
2: you know. Unless you're in the country
1: and you're curing it and you're Yeah. And that's like a you, you hunt. Out of it.
2: <laughs> so one of the things everybody needs to understand about Australia, it's, you know, it I mean, it's five six the size of the United States. However, pretty much 80 it's like some in, incredible number and I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's around 80% of the population live within 50 miles of the sea. The, the, the country is girt by sea, that's our national anthem. Um, the whole country, is just like one big island, it's, it's surrounded by sea. And so what happens when you're surrounded by sea, you eat a lot of seafood. Mm. And so mm-hmm. that is one of the things that we do eat a lot of. We eat a lot of oysters, we eat a lot of, we call them prawn shrimp, we o- eat a lot of lobster, we eat a lot of all those things that come from the sea. And that's why some of Australia's, you know, iconic wines are not just, you know, we have some iconic red wines, but we have some iconic white wines as well, because they just go so well with the cuisine of the country, which is seafood, because of how much seafood do we eat.
0: Which kind of speaks to the provenance of the hermit crab name. The oceanic deposits from millions of years ago left little hermit crab shells all over the place, and that was... But you told us earlier I didn't just know this. (laughs) You can (laughs) tell us us earlier that um, yeah, because I did some research. (laughs) I'm (laughs) so smart. (laughs) But you were telling us earlier that that is where it got its name from is the little hermit crabs that were deposited there all Um, the millennia ago.
2: Yeah, millions of years of of you know deposits when Australia wasn't um, an island. It was under the sea, and there's just so many. you know, um, you can go into in, in so many places in Australia and in, in like anywhere in the world pretty much. You know, so much of the world was under the, under the sea and there's just so many things that are shells and everything that represents that we were under the sea. But one of the things that's really important in Australia is um, lamb. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, shiraz and lamb are like lamb and shiraz.
1: You know, it's, I'm glad you said that. because like peas and carrots. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. oh, a lot of people think, you know, friend, here, pinot and lamb. I, I see that all I always see people paired. going
0: towards Malbec because then they go South America.
1: Yeah. On it with the Malbec and lamb. But, I mean, I think Shiraz I'm, and lamb I'm being... always going for that. That's why I thought when well, I've seen it paired a bunch of pinot. And I'm like, I'm not sure why. I guess. I, I don't get pinot and lamb. I wouldn't I, do that. Maybe because of the... Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where the Pinot comes from, but the acid in it, some of them can be really acidic and nice, a bright, bright fruit. Off. I don't know. And the earthy, that's it. It's the earthy flavors. But yeah, let's talk about Shiraz, Shiraz
2: and Lamb. Shiraz and Lamb. There is just not she a She just swooned. Pairing. Did you see her? She swooned she when I she did. said that. There is just not a better pairing than those two. They were meant to be. I mean, they were meant to do it because if you, you know, there's so many vineyards Shiraz vineyards in Australia, and they have sheep running through there, mm-hmm. there's a reason things work together. Yeah, the know? symbiotic
0: relationship, Absolutely. right?
2: Absolutely, and and, and and some of these smaller wineries at vineyards, they actually have sheep running, you know, well, not running, but just like feeding through. Fertilizing. Fertilizing <laughs> and feeding and eating the weeds between the, the Shiraz vines. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just like, it's just this incredible... Thing that really works well together,
1: right? Uh, you mentioned Julie. You had you did some research, and you said you saw beets. Yeah, beets are a bit. Be- What's up with the beets? They put beets on burgers down there.
2: Oh my gosh! Let's talk about an Australian is a, burger. Is that a pineapple, pineapple. beet? Is it a pickled beet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like no, there is no better hamburger than an Australian <laughs> hamburger with a pickled beet on it, and it doesn't have anything to do with lamb. So you just get a beef, it's like a beef patty, and then we put beets on it. We we call it beetroot. Yeah. Beetroot. Well, it beetroot, is a root, yeah. But, you know, but it's-, it's probably its, it's, its full it's, um, name. Yeah, it's like, it's, um, uh, it's got vinegar, it's vinegar Yeah. On it, whatever. Yeah. pickle. And then we put pineapple on there. What? A piece of pineapple, and then You're we losing put,
1: me at the pineapple. I get the beet, but I'm not sure about and the then pineapple. Then we have is this where have pineapple like, on pizza came from?
2: Uh-huh. That's on um, yeah, I know it says the wine, but I think it's really Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we put pineapple on, and then we put an egg on, and then we put oh, sh- like onions on there. No, not it has to be cooked onions. And then we just like smash it, get, and then we just drink whatever we want. Okay?
0: <laughs> Australians have always been the coolest people I've ever encountered whenever I'm traveling
2: No, yeah, me too
1: You know, it's like an adventure We're up for adventure We're up for, like you just said Sure, let's put pineapple and an egg on it And smash it down and drink <laughs> Then we can drink whatever the hell we want We can have the Shiraz <laughs> We can have the, the hermit crab We can have, you know, whatever
2: We can have some Aussie Bee Oh, bee. I
1: Foster's all day with an oil can Right I right. love that generous portion size
2: <laughs> Since
1: we're talking about uh, traveling to Australia We have to talk about some of the other exports yeah. Music, the musical oh. exports from Australia. Some of my in f- excess, come on. Oh, I love in excess. Oh. oh yeah,
2: he's not around anymore. I know. But Michael I Hutchins. Like I did like Ugh. that song, Suicide Blonde. Yeah, so good. <laughs>
1: good. Jane's a platinum blonde. Yeah, I um. do love that song. I love everything. ACDC. <laughs> never tell AC/DC. us apart.
2: ACDC.
0: Well, I mean, come on. But I don't think people like. really get that they're from Australia. I think that's not just like a headline when people think of ACDC.
1: Well, not all of the band members were from I think, from some
0: were Australia. I think Bosco,
2: correct. Scottish? No. No, I think that's it's kind of a mixture. It's kind of like a it's like a mixture. Mm-hmm. A blend, like it's, a good some are no, It's like a, a mixture. Some are um, from England, right? I'm um, um, what do you say when it's like um the breeding? Hybrid? Oh, incestuous? No, I'm not oh. saying <laughs> <'cause it's> incestuous. <laughs> I think it's I think I think it's got something to do with the, I think there's a UK. I, actually, I'm I not as old as the members of the band. Right. <laughs> However, okay. I know some of them came from Australia and some some came from the Scotland. UK. And some of them live Scotland. in the
1: community where we are recording this show right now, so. Oh, my gosh. There my you daughter go.
0: loves Thunder, the song. She's 10. Thunder. That's like, that's her favorite.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean they're I iconic.
2: I think Thunder. I just put it on yeah. my phone phone, so I'll probably listen to it on the way home. There you go.
1: Mm -hmm. We've got Crowded House, of course, Men at Work, and that's when I think of the Vegemite Sandwich. Yeah, nobody in America knew what a Vegemite Vegemite Sandwich sandwich. was until that
0: song. Oh, my gosh. Well, I
2: think, actually, the funniest thing about that song is, does everybody hear about the women and the chundering and the plundering? (laughs) I (laughs) know. What about the Didgeridoo? The Didgeridoo is um, a an aboriginal instrument that they have had for a millennia um and it makes a specific sound and it's a very deep and you know important sound to the aboriginals and it's it's very special
0: the didgeridoo makes me wonder how well integrated are europeans in australia with the indigenous uh persons there. there any kind of integration
2: I think that, you know, things have improved. Yeah. I, I think that it's you know, um, we actually just had Australia Day mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, the 26th of January and um, Australia Day is about when the first fleet arrived in Australia and there was 11 ships. They arrived um, on in 1788 in Botany Bay and that's where they, they rose the, um, the British flag um, and at that time they they raised that bl- british flag but there were you know the the indigenous indigenous people there and there were three different tribes in just that that area where they landed in port jackson which is now known as sydney harbor mm-hmm. and so it, it, this has been a very it's been an a very difficult and um you know things that have happened and um, you know, I'm not here to um, stand up for any side because nobody needs to be stand up for the indigenous people own the country. Um, I will say that but, um, people have tried to make amends and there's a lot going on in, in that area. Um, however, you, you w- we've done this many, many times. We we just walk into countries and say, well, we now own it. Uh-huh. Well,
0: there was an enormous worldwide culture of colonialism and imperialism. Yes. And there's no escaping that that is what has happened in the past. It's just interesting to mm-hmm. know how people are dealing with things as and they the move president. forward. Right?
2: And and that's very important because, you know, these people didn't deserve to have their lands taken away, but this is what ha- has happened with, you know, the colonialism, as you as you put it, and, mm-hmm. and the things that have happened. And we need to take care of the people that were, their things were taken, you know, their land was taken away from them.
0: Whose entire life and everything, culture mm-hmm. and identity, was kind of, I don't want to say squashed or robbed, but definitely suffused. Held down a little. Um, definitely, yeah, held under wraps. But um, yeah, we were talking with um, Brent Maris on our last podcast in New Zealand, talking about kind of trying to embrace the um, Aboriginal, not Aboriginal, but the Native the the Maori culture. The Mary oh, culture. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, we all look at us here in the United States, you mm-hmm. know. We have uh, Native Americans here in the United States that uh, – they didn't deserve what, what happened. But here we are living here well after any of that occurred, trying to make amends. And it's, it's, uh, it's a whole nother podcast. Yes, that in is. In a different genre.
2: <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, I mean, there's the Trail of Tears here. Yeah. But then you oh, yeah. have what, um, you know, one tribe, one Indian tribe has done. And, I mean, they own the hard rock cafes around the hard rock around the world. Right, because they're just an amazing, and they're from and Florida. They yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man, this has been awesome. It's been so much fun uh, talking to you. Uh, real quick, uh, let's let's tie the loops together here. Where are we going right now with the Aussie wine in the states and around the world? Have we recovered? Are we have reinvented? What What is it looking like?
2: We definitely reinvented. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iconic wines are not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that. Uh, they're, they're definitely coming back. I think that the, um, uh, uh, th- there's a new generation of Americans who have been through, um, you know, um, a lot of uh, Australian brands and seen it and done it, and then we've got the, a new generation here who are looking at... Um, th- they're not just looking at what's happening in Australia or Argentina or Chile or any other country. They're looking for wines that they enjoy drinking and Australia is at the top right now because the wines are you know well priced and very very tasty and um I hate to say it but I think their parents probably told them that there's those wines are really good I remember drinking those (laughs) as a generation (laughs) x
0: person one of my first favorite red wines was a Shiraz from Australia yeah I just thought it was like oh, it was so good it was so good it was the best thing I ever had in so
2: my life. um you know on that note we just need to tell the parents to tell their kids those th- the Shiraz from Australia is amazing right
0: because <laughs> <laughs> now that we're in the age where we could have kids that could drink that's so Scary. It was scary.
1: <laughs> but uh, I love, sh- thank you for sharing the Derenberg wines and thank you for making us Vegemite sandwiches or bringing in your crunchy spread. Oh, and- the crunchy spread is uh, a revelation. Yeah, it is. I'm oh my so gosh. Buying that. <laughs> and um, uh, spreading yeah,
0: it's the been love. So yeah. much. I, what, before we go, if we travel to Australia, is there a place in Australia where people are not cool? Because, I mean, I could point to places in America where I would like suggest Skip maybe it. if you're not from the United States, maybe just don't go to that city. You just say it s- might not be the best one. Skip I don't want it. you to call out any particular <laughs> entire Is there, like, a, a place to avoid?
2: Absolutely not. Everywhere <laughs> Australia I'm is i cool. I mean, I mean honestly, man so cool. at work said, I come from the land down under, you know. And, and you can go anywhere around the world and say, I come from the land down under. You don't have to say that I come from Australia. You say, I come from the land down, da, down da, under. Da. Yeah. And everybody just goes. Okay, you're cool. I'll give you a Vegemite sandwich.
0: <laughs> I mean, they just, they're just so th- – what is it that makes Australians so cool? And I think that that kind of helps with the – in the United States market that Australians also label their wines in a way that makes sense. I'm sitting here looking at the Stump Jump, and it's a Grenache Shiraz Movedra blend right here in front of me, and it's clear as day. And Americans appreciate the non-complicatedness of being able to look at a label – see what grapes are in the wine and not have to, like... De- de- decipher? Figure out the geography and the regional cuisines and then understand, oh, yeah,
2: this is probably a Pinot Noir. You know? Well, I think one of the things is Australians like to travel because mm-hmm. we're so far away from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime we travel, it's not like we're traveling... For, you know an hour if we go to New Zealand it's a couple of hours but you know um, there, there's another whole podcast in the New Zealand Australian thing it's kind of like Canadian and um, American. American thing um, so I'm just going to leave that one alone however <laughs> when when it, Australians travel they have to travel for a long time so they're really used to traveling and they love to travel and so um, when they travel they know that they've gone somewhere that's a long way away and they better be nice to everybody
1: and make it count and make the effort count, right? And, and
2: they want they want people to come in and, and see Australia as well. So when Aussies are traveling, we call them, we're Aussies. Um, when Aussies are traveling, they want they are actually really good ambassadors for their country. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that makes people want to go to Australia. Yeah, and, I know, do.
1: I'm dying. It's on my bucket list. Will you, you take us? us? Yeah, my yeah, husband's trying to get absolutely. me to move there. <laughs> well, you're going to
2: move there? I can help you.
1: Okay. Well, you know, you know, Roe. He wants
0: to move there. All he wants to move anywhere.
1: Jane Nutley again is the founder of Unfiltered Unfined Wines, a Florida-based distribution and import company, and an Aussie, a proud Aussie. Thank you, Jane, for being with us this morning.
0: It's been a pleasure. Great Minds is produced at WGCU
1: Studios on FGCU
0: campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Great Minds theme music is from Kansas City band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So
1: Nice to Come Home to by Cole Porter. To get in touch, check us out at greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thank you for listening. Under an August moon burning above.